Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. A couple weeks ago, I just felt like God spoke to me. Uh, He said, Ben, I want you to push the pause button. I want you to slow down, and I want you to enjoy what I'm doing right now. Right? Because too often times we, we get into something right now, but we're looking for what's coming next, right? Like we get so excited and they got, they're going like, what's next? This is great, but what's next? And I felt like God was just saying, no, no, no. Push the pause button, slow down as a community, and enjoy what God is doing right now. And so maybe in the search for what we could call our series, or really, really maybe just in the identifying of what this moment is, we just call this thing Selah. And uh, Selah is a word that's used in the Bible. It's used 74 times in Scripture. 71 of those times are used in the book of Psalms. Psalms being an Old Testament book, really written as songs to be sung. And when I read them when I was younger growing up, I would read them and I would see this word Selah and I would actually read and I would say Selah and then I'd keep reading. Uh, But as I grew up and got older, I kind of like wanted to know what that word meant. And so I kind of started doing a little study and found out that that word, uh, what it really was, it it wasn't to be said, it wasn't to be spoken. It was actually just in the song. It was put there so that those that were singing this song, that they would actually pause, take a deep breath, get ready, and then begin to sing the next part of the song. And so as we went into this moment a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like God was saying, hey, Selah, push pause button. I want you, to, I want you just to think and, 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 and listen to my voice, and then don't be in such a hurry to get to the next thing. I don't know about you, but life is pretty fast-paced, is it not? Right? Especially if you got kids and you're running them from this thing to that thing. And even us that don't have kids, we're single and we got school, we got work, we got friends, we got small group, different things happening. We can be in such a rush. But I'm telling you that for Canvas Church, we just in a moment, we don't push the pause button. God, what are you doing right now? And so for us here at Canvas Church, as we're in this, this series, really it's more of a series. It's really just a moment in Canvas Church. For us, what we're talking about is just pausing, listening, and refreshing. Because the reality is, is when we fail to push the pause button, we miss the incredible things that God is doing right now, right now. And some of you would say, you know, Ben, I don't feel like God's doing anything really awesome right now. And that would be my challenge to you, push the pause button, because he's doing something awesome in your life right now. He's doing something awesome in Canvas Church right now. And I want to share it with you. I want to push the pause button, just share it with you, because this is your church. This is your people. This is your community. And in the month of October, we had 64 people fill out first-time visitor cards. Come on. That's fantastic. 64 people. Now, that's not 64 first-time visitors because a lot of the visitors don't fill out first-time cards. So the first-time people that walked through the doors were much greater than that. But 64 people said, hey, I want to know a little bit more about the church. I think that's pretty cool. This is even cooler. 12 people said yes to Jesus for the very first time at Canvas Church in the month of October. Come on, that is super exciting. And that's what this is about, man. It's about growing in our faith, getting to know Jesus, taking that next step, and as well as helping people take their next step. Last Sunday, six of those 12 were water baptized at my house. And that is awesome. Come on, church. If you're going to celebrate, let's celebrate. Come on. Somebody ought to get up and start doing like a, you know, like spray confetti or whatever it is, and some streamers ought to be going off. Man, people are saying yes to Jesus, and people are getting water baptized. Not only that, eight people in the month of October signed up to serve for the very first time in ministry. Come on. That's pretty awesome. 
And so God's doing some super incredible things, and so we want to make sure that in this, this moment that we're not just like, hey, this is a cool moment. We should all pause and just, you know, listen and refresh. No, we, we're going to talk about some of this stuff, and we're going to know what God is doing right here, right now in our church. And so I want to challenge you right now, and, and you know, some of you might be new to Canvas for the first time, and you're used to walking into church and getting a little program or a pamphlet or something like that, and you didn't necessarily get one of those when you walked in. Because we're trying to move everything to digital so you have it with you all the time and it's just easy to take notes. And so if you haven't done so yet, you can download our app, which gives you an outline for every message. And you can take notes right there, not just fill in the blanks, but write some other things down. You can do that by texting the word app to 858-943-2221. But the reason I want you to do that is because I want you right now. And whether you're doing it by pen and paper, whether you're doing it via the app, I want you to think right now, what, what is God doing in my life? What's he doing? And I want you just to pause for a moment. I want you to write it down. What is he doing in your life right now that you can write down so that you can go back to and you can say, man, God, you're doing this in my life right now. What is he doing in your life right now? Whether you're writing it down paper-wise or whether you're writing it down in the app, but what's he doing? Because I guarantee you, and here's, here's my challenge to you. If you can't write anything down, you really need to push the pause button because I guarantee you he is doing something awesome right now. So if you're like, man, I can't think of anything, then just put, I need to push the pause button. Because God is doing something awesome right now in you, in this community. And we're going to continue to talk about those things, and I want you to share it with somebody. This week at Small Group, what is God doing in your life? You take, just push the pause button and share it with somebody. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not signed up for a small group yet. Well, you can do that, but, but maybe as you're walking out today, just tap somebody on the shoulder. Maybe you don't even know them yet. Introduce yourself and say, hey, pastor challenged me, and I want to share with you what God's doing in my life. This is what he's doing. And here's the cool thing about that is when you share what God's doing in your life, it's going to encourage and bless somebody else. It's going to. And it's going to encourage them and be like, man, yeah, that's, that's super cool. And it's going to cause you to think, man, what is God doing in my life? Turning your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua is an Old Testament book, great book in the Old Testament. One of my favorites. Love Joshua. Love the story of Joshua. Love how God used Joshua. Joshua chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 today. And, um, and then we're going to talk about just some Selah moments that we can begin to put into our life and why. Some pause moments in our life and why. Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And it reads, After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua. What's happening? What's the nation? The nation is the nation of Israel. And in the Old Testament, this is God's chosen people. God chose them to be a people set apart for himself. And so this is God's people. So the nation crossing over is the nation of Israel. Tons of people. And they have just now, about 40 years prior to this, have come out of bondage and captivity in Egypt, where they were at for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years they sat and were slaves and were persecuted in Egypt. And God raises up a guy uh, named Moses to lead them out of Egypt. And uh, what should have been about a seven-day journey to where they're at right now in the story ended up being about a 40-year journey, right? Uh, because God had to deal with some stuff in their hearts. And so Moses leads them out, and the people have some, some issues in their hearts because here's the, here's the truth of the matter. They left behind the world. They left behind Egypt and slavery, and they left that, but Egypt and slavery haven't left them yet. 
Much like us today, when we said yes to Jesus Christ, and some of you can go back to that moment, you said yes to Jesus, and you're like, yeah, I'm following Jesus, but yet there's still some world in you, right? There's still some things, some tendencies, and so it, God, God allows them to walk through this 40 years of dealing with their heart. Well, as God's dealing with their heart for some 40 years, uh, Moses is no longer on the scene. Joshua, this young man that we just read about, is raised up, and now Joshua is the leader of these people. And Joshua is about to lead them into an incredible moment. So after the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the leader, choose 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe. There are 12 tribes because as we rewind in history, we understand that there were 12 sons. And these 12 sons, they have families, and their families begin to grow, and it's much beyond a family now. They're actually tribes or little nations within themselves, still all together as one Israel, but they're represented. And so he says, I want, I want one from each tribe. And here's what they're going to do. Verse 3, and command them, take 12 stones from this place, listen to it now, in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests are standing, carrying them with you, set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man from each tribe, and said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder for each of the Israelites' tribes. And this is going to be cool here in just a moment. We're going to read this next part. But here's what you need to understand. As we're reading this story, some of you are hearing it for the very first time, and the Jordan River, in your mind, is this rushing river, right? And the river is rushing. And, and here is all of these people, this whole entire nation, trying to cross through the river as it's rushing by them. And this is maybe the image in your mind, and you're, you're, you're trying to see this, and they're kind of getting through the water, and now they want these 12 people to go down in this rushing water and pick up some stones, okay? But here's the thing. That's not what's taking place. What's taking place is this, and we're going to read about it here in just a moment, but what's taking place is the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence. And the Bible says that when these priests walked into the Jordan, the minute their foot touched the river, the Bible says that the river began to roll back all the way to a city called Adam. It's pretty cool, right? And it rolls all the way back to the city, of Adam. And now they're walking across, not in a raging river, but they're walking across on ground. And as they're walking across, this is the command. When you're in the middle of what you're walking through, I want you to pause for a moment, and I want you to pick up some stones right in the middle of what you're walking through, and I want you to carry them to the other side. Are you with me? Let's keep reading. Verse 6. So that this will be a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the Lord's covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's waters were cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. Verse 6, 
so that this will be a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, God, you would speak. You would speak quickly and clearly and concisely in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. When, when I was growing up, one of my, my favorite memories is when I was usually on a Sunday night. We had a long day of church, and we would come home, we'd eat, and that Sunday night was kind of just family time in my house. And about every six weeks, maybe four, maybe eight, depending on what was going on in the month, but we would do what we called slide night. Now, now for most of you that are 35 and under, you have no clue what I just said, because you have no clue what a slide is, Okay. Let me describe to you what a slide was in my day. A slide in my day was the Instagram of your day, all right? You have Instagram, right? You got a selfie stick, and you are taking pictures of yourself, and then you put them on Instagram, and you can just scroll right through your Instagram feed and see all of your pictures, okay? We didn't have Instagram when I was growing up. We didn't have Facebook. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up, we didn't even have MySpace, okay? When I was growing up, we had a projector, and we had a slide. What is a slide? A slide, man, that would just take too long, but basically it's the negative from a camera roll, which I just lost a bunch of you right there because you have no idea what a camera roll is or a negative, right? And, and you put it in a little white cardboard thing and, and you save it into a slide tray and then you take the slide tray and you put it in the projector and you set up a white screen that looked nothing like this one and, and you would hit this little button and go clack, clack, and up would pop the picture that you took. And it's just like, right? And we would sit there for sometimes hours looking at the slides. It was so much fun. And we'd get another tray. And my dad was so good because he had them all labeled, like with the dates and, and what each one represented. And so we could pick. And this was my favorite thing about looking at the slides. My favorite thing about looking at the slides was it began to start a conversation within the family. Because you would have questions about, well, what, what, wait, 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 what, what, what did that one mean? And what was that about? And what happened here, and now here's what would happen, is we would start talking about, and even if I didn't remember that moment, the next time I saw the picture, I thought I remembered the moment because we pushed the pause button to look at a memory. In Joshua chapter 4, they did not have Instagram. They did not have Facebook. They did not have, you know, MySpace even. I know, it's a long time ago, but... They didn't have even the slides I just described to you. They had none of that, but God wanted to them to remember something very powerful that's happening right here. Something so significant, something so powerful was happening in this moment that God was saying, hold on a second, push the pause button. We've got to, we got to remember this thing that just took place. And so because they didn't have all the modern day tools, what they did is they picked up these stones and they brought them to the other side and they set them up so that anytime someone saw that, they would be able to start a conversation and say, this is what that was about. This is what that was about. The problems in our spiritual journey often happen when we do not push the pause button and set up altars or memories for us to go back to to say, this is what God did for me. This is what God did 
in my life. This was such a profound moment. you got to understand how profound this moment was because this moment in Joshua chapter 4 actually relates to us today in a very practical way. Because if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, if you rewind even further in, in, the, in, in the Bible, and you go to Genesis chapter 12, you're going to see a story about a guy named Abraham and a guy named Lot. And Abraham and Lot were relatives. And they were on a journey together, and they were journeying, looking for a land where they could be fruitful and multiply and, and do all that stuff. But Lot was very rich, and Abraham was very rich, and so they traveled with like an entourage of people. So they had this whole entire caravan. They had all of these goods with them and all of their livestock. And in Genesis chapter 12, they start to do what most family members do. They started to fight. Come on, somebody. They got in a little argument. And Abraham says, you know what? It's not good for us to quarrel. We should separate and find our own territory. And so they look down into the valley. And in the valley there, there's the Jordan Valley and there's the river. And Abraham says to Lot, he says, you go ahead and choose what territory you want. And Lot says, I'm going to take the east side of the river. And so Lot goes and settles on the east side of the river. Abraham, okay, now, now representative of us even today, a spiritual father, he goes to the west side, okay? And so now the Jordan divides Abraham and Lot, it divides the east side and the west side. Lot now begins to settle into territory, and there's a place called Sodom and Gomorrah there. Sodom and Gomorrah represents all of every worldly thing you can think of. It represents the world. It represents the flesh. On the other side of the Jordan, the west side, it represents the promises of God. Even here, as the children of Israel are about ready to cross over, they are crossing over from the east side of the river over to the west side of the river where the land of Canaan is. What is Canaan? Canaan is the promised land. It's representative of the promises of God to us today. And so on the west side of the river, there's the promised land. There's the land of Canaan. Now, the Bible describes the land of Canaan in, in a way that, only way I can think of it, but it says this. It says it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Anybody ever read that, pas that passage before? Like, I have no idea what that looks like. Like, are you, are you like literally the land is like, like there's rivers of honey and rivers of milk. And so as I was thinking about it one day, the only thing I can relate this to, the only image I get in my mind is Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Right? Like it's a land flowing of milk. It's like, is it chocolate milk? Right? Like done, right? I'm there. And that's the only thing I think of. This, this land was so great. The only way they could describe it was, my gosh, this land is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Right? That's how good the West Side is. And so the east side represents the world, it represents the flesh, it represents all of those things where the west side, Abraham being our spiritual father according to scripture, represents the spiritual life. And so there's this divide in the flesh and the spirit. So now when the children is, we're now fast forwarding back now to Joshua chapter 4, where many, 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 many hundreds of years later, here are God's people standing on this side of the Jordan, in the flesh side, in the world side, leaving behind Egypt, but now they've got to cross over and, and they've got to get to the spiritual side. But the only way they can do that is if God shows up and does something supernatural. 
Listen to me this morning. The only way that you and I can leave behind the old life and leave behind the world and leave behind the things of the flesh and get into the things of God is if God does a miracle, and he did, and it's called Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus shows up, and through the cross of Jesus Christ, he comes and he pulls back the river and allows us to cross over from the, from the world and from the flesh into the land of the Spirit, into the land of grace, into the land of hope, into the promised land done at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible, if you go back and read this story in its entirety, it's so awesome. The Bible says it didn't look like just, you know, the, the soles of the feet of the priests got into the river and then the river rolled back like an inch. Didn't roll back just a foot. The Bible says that the river rolled all the way back to a city called Adam. Why does it mention that? Why does it tell us that it went, man, it rolled all the way back. It went back to the city of Adam. Why? Because if you rewind now back to Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, you will read that there was the creation of the world, and God created man. He created woman. He created Adam, and he created Eve. And Adam was the original sinner, according to Scripture. And he brought sin into humanity. And so now when they are about to cross over, leaving behind the world and entering into the promises of God, God doesn't just say, hey, I'm just going to roll it back a little way. He says, man, the work I do is final, it is eternal, and it is complete. I'm going to roll this thing all the way back to where it originated, and I'm going to cover the sins of all humanity, past, present, and future, through Jesus Christ. Amen. So now because of that, we get to have life and life more abundantly. But look how significant this is. It is so significant, this moment that they've been walking towards, and they're finally there. But listen to what it says. It says, I want, right in the smack dab in the middle, I want you to grab some stones, and I want you to make sure that you carry them with you to the other side, and when the water finally rolls back, I want you to set those stones, what stones? The stones of what you were walking through. The stones of, what, of, of, of all that that represents. I want you to bring it here, and I want you to put it there as a testimony to you and for all the future generations that will come after you. You know what our tendency is sometimes? Our tendency is to want to forget all the stuff we've walked through. We want to forget it. I don't want to remember that. That was a painful moment. That was a tragic situation. I just, I just want to get through to the other side. But God says, no, push the pause button. Because what I'm doing in your life right now, man, I need you to pause I need you to jot down some stuff. I need you to pick up some stones because this is a significant moment. Because when you get to the other side, you're going to have a testimony. People are going to look at your life and they're going to ask the question, what does that mean to you? What does it mean? And you're going to be able to tell them, ah, this represents what God did. Is somebody with me this morning? But if we don't push the pause button, if we don't have some Instagram moments, if we don't have some Kodak moments, if we don't just take a moment to say, wow, this is, man, man I can't believe it. As I was, I was walking through this, and they diagnosed me with cancer, but yet the church surrounded me and, and prayed for me, and now I don't have cancer. I better pick up a stone. 
Man, my marriage, man, it was on the rocks. I didn't think we were going to make it. There was infidelity. There was, there was all this other stuff. And, and it, I, I did not think I was going to make it. But then God showed up, and he rolled back the water. I need to pick up a stone, bring it to the other side. So when someone sees that, it'll be a reminder. I'm going to pick some stuff up. I'm going to pick it up. This is what he says. This moment is so powerful. I need you to, I need you to build something on the other side of it. I need you to build right in the middle. What are you walking through right now? See, it's representative of salvation, sanctification, the work of the cross of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing that doesn't stop. Some of you are walking through. You love Jesus. You're in relationship with Jesus. Man, you're on a spiritual journey. But you're walking through something right now. Don't be so quick to get to the other side that you miss the opportunities to pick something up. Because this is going to be representative of not just my life, but this is going to speak to those that come after me. It's going to speak. The importance of slowing down and building memories. Let me just give you a few ideas here. The importance of slowing down and building memories. Number one, they remind us of where we were. They remind us of where we were. Where we were before we met Jesus. Or maybe where we were last week, even with Jesus in our life. But because I pushed the pause button... And I, I remember I asked him, God, could you help me in this moment? Could you help me in this situation? I pushed the pause button. He did something. Man, I'm grabbing a stone. I'm setting it up. I remember what he did. It reminds us of where we were. When those people gather now on the west side of the Jordan, and they see that mound of 12 stones sitting there, and they're looking across over to where Egypt was, <laughs> we're here today because of the grace of God. Because of something significant and powerful he did in my life. We need to create these altars, these memories, because it reminds us of where we were. Where was I before God stepped into the situation of my life? And, and here's the tragedy if we don't do this. And I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in others. If we fail to create these memories and these altars and we fail to remember where we were, we will continue to journey forward in our future and begin to look at our life and begin to think we are where we are today because of our good works. I got here. I put in some effort. Man, it was, man, my marriage was on the rocks, but we went to a counselor. Man, we applied the tools they put in our life. And, man, we worked really hard, man. It was, we got into it, man, and, and we really worked on some stuff. Really? It was the tools of a counselor? Man, I am where I am today, man. I worked hard for this life. Man, you see the house that I live in. You see the things I have. Oh, you might work hard, but you don't have that. But by the grace of God, even as good Christians. We come to this place sometimes where I am where I am today because I've worked really hard to get here. No, you are where you are today because he did it for you. He did it for you. We've got to make sure we're setting up these memories, these altars, so that it reminds us of where we were, where we were. Secondly, we need to make sure we're doing this because, number two, they remind us of who he is. 
Remind us of who he is. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to come into church, right? And the worship team's going, you're a good, good father. You're swaying with the music. Or maybe you're hardcore and you're just like, right? Someone, someone, someone in the lobby between service like, Pastor, you're sweating. And I know. Because you always sweat like that. And I said, let me ask you a question. When you go to work, do you sweat? Come on, somebody. I'm just working. Come on. That's how hardcore of a worshiper I am. Come on, somebody. You're a good, good father. And we can sing those words and sing along with the song. But you know what? If we don't push the pause button and and just, just, just slow down, you know what? It's just a song. If we don't set up some memories, we, 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 we don't remember who he is. I said, now, Pastor, this is so basic. Of course I know who he is. He's God. Really? Here's how you know that you know that you know who he really is. When you face a difficult situation in your life, do you freak out? Because if you do, you might not know who he is. Because the last time I read my Bible, with God, all things are possible. The last time I read my Bible, he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. The righteous have never been forsaken, nor their seed had to bake bread. The last time I read my Bible, he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer and my health. The last time I read my Bible, he is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You know, if you know, if you know who he really is, when you come against a certain circumstance or situation by your reaction to it. Listen to me. If you are not walking with peace, you might not know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Or you might have just forgot who he is. There is no situation that you are facing right now that he cannot handle. There is nothing too big in your life that he cannot take you through. Nothing. Even the worst thing that you're looking at right now, guess what? God's got it. He's got it. He can take you through it. And if he has to, He'll knock you out and carry you through it. Come on, somebody. I got a story for that one another time. He's good. But if we don't pause, and here's, here's how I know we haven't paused. Because, like, he will do something, and then, like, you're like, whoa, yeah, that's awesome. But you're so quick to get to the next thing. Like, three days later, all of a sudden you're freaking out. You're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out. It's like, what happened to 72 hours ago? Where we came through. Yeah, well, I, I don't, but that was different. I don't know if he's got this one. Really? Read your Bible. Setting up these, these memorials, these moments, man, they not only remind us of where we were, they remind us of who he is. Hmm. Lastly, number three, they remind us to keep moving forward. They remind us to keep moving forward. 
I love, I love what it says. This will, this will serve as a remembrance to you. Yes, I know. I was there. I walked through it. Matter of fact, I was with one of the dudes that picked up the stone and carried it across and set it there. And I remember when he set it there. So every time I see that, I'm like, wow, I remember that. But it's not just about that moment. It's not just about you. Look at what it does. It'll serve as a remembrance for all those that come after you. So when they look at that and they're like, Daddy, what is that? Like, let me tell you. And here's the cool part. If we're really doing that, if we're really setting up these moments, these spaces, these places, it reminds us of where we came from. It reminds us of who he is. And it tells me that if he did it then, he will do it again. And 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 he will do it again because his faithfulness endures to all generations and his mercies are new every morning. He will continue to do it. Listen to me. It's not like you had some special just like, you know, grace for that moment back then. Oh, that was for then. I'm like, I don't got you this time, son. I don't got you this time, daughter. You're on your own on this. No. No. His grace is sufficient for today. His faithfulness is still alive and well right now. Some of you need to go back. Some of you literally need to go back to the Jordan and go in there and grab some stones out and be like, man, I didn't do that. I need to set something up. He's so good. And if we fail to do these moments, to set up these altars and create these memories, we fail to continue to move forward in faith. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? I mean, your life is good. Not because you're good, but because he's good. Man, you are here today at church. That's cool. There are people all, there are people in other nations. They don't get this. They can't have this. I get to come together in a community. This is great. God is good. God is good. What are you walking through right now that you don't believe God can handle? What circumstance, what situation? What's got you fearful? It's time to set up some memories, some altars. It's time to be like Joshua and right in the middle of what you're walking through. I'm telling you right now, some of your stories are just in process. Some of your stories are just in process. Where you're walking right now is not the end. It's just in process. It's just in process. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.